This week on Useful to God, Morris Ruddock joins Dr. James Spencer and me, Richard Beatty, as we continue to answer Paul's letter to the Philippians. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Neil Simon, the playwright of the 60s and 70s, waxed nostalgic with tongue and cheek, telling a continuous story of his life and neighborhoods around New York City. In his Broadway play, Prisoner of Second Avenue, the main character is a man who spent all of his time in New York, the rat race, and lives in a midtown neighborhood. And although he is free to roam about the city, he wonders how it ever got this way. His apartment is not a prison. The prison is within himself. He is the prisoner of Second Avenue. Now, in Philippians, the Apostle Paul is just the opposite. He is a free man in literal chains. Yeah, and today we get missionary, businessman, and author Morris Ruddock. Welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Yeah, glad to have you. You know, the the concept of being free to share the gospel and being physically in change is like the concept of, of becoming less and Christ increasing. That's a difficult concept to put into words. And how can we illustrate it to those who are listening? How How can we sort of give a picture of it for people who maybe haven't had this experience in their lives as Christians up to this point. You know, I, I, I've mentioned before that two-thirds of the world lives on uh, less than $2 a day, and two-thirds of the world has little to no middle class. And uh, within that context, uh, there's a great proportion of the world that we live in to where if you are a believer, you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be targeted, and you're going to have your freedom uh uh, uh, controlled. And, and yet we have specialized, uh, since the late nineties in working with, uh, people in persecuted nations and, uh, helping them, equipping them, uh, uh, entrepreneurially to, uh, be the head and not the tail. Uh, but the thing that, uh, I, I think that you're focused on relates to this freedom that we enjoy so much. And, uh, we see in some ways, uh, uh, wavering in front of us uh, in the times that uh, we're moving into, but uh, this freedom is such that I, I can't tell you. There's a there's uh, there there are handfuls of 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 leaders that I have worked with who spent years in in prisons for their faith, and yet they have come out of those situations with a faith that is as pure as as gold, absolutely pure. And with that, what was designed to break them instead has given them a resiliency and endurance in terms of their purpose, in terms of their faith, largely unshakable. It's been an honor to work with these people, but I think that what we can learn from the persecuted church, uh, what the West can learn is vital for us to become, I believe, the church that God expects us to be in the days that uh, lie before us. We're going to talk about the good work that God has started in all of us. There's a change that needs to come 
in all of us. And as I keep learning about global initiatives, it's clear to me that being useful to God is understanding what that means in our homes, through our work, and in and throughout our community. Uh, It was Morris and a series of videos that he shot that was clear to me that this answer to the letter in Philippians, Romans, Ephesians, or uh, Corinthians is responding to that creative call that God has for each one of us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're going to listen to Morris Ruddock and that Joseph calling. Um, What are those works that God has started in you and me? What are the chains that slow you down in pursuing these works? You know, the focus of D.L. Moody, um, the one that he had, was not diminishing the boundaries of the chains. The more entitled we are, the less free. And so the more comfortable we feel, the less hungry for, for more of God we become. And I think that was really what he was focusing on. And it does lie at the heart of what it means to be useful to God. Well, here is Morris Ruddock in the first of his series, The Joseph Call. And after that, we'll, we'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll ask Morris a few more questions. Hello, I'm Morris Ruddock. I'd like to assume the role of something akin to a landscape artist. In so doing, I'd like to verbally create a portrait for you, a portrait first related to the landscape of the times that we live in. That's significant because it reflects the context of the need for the next aspect of this portrait, which is an understanding of the rise of a group of anointed business leaders becoming known as the Josephs and Daniels of our day. And as I describe the emerging Josephs, I'd like to share an example of one of the many Joseph projects the Lord currently has underway. So let's begin with a portrayal of the times we live in. We live in a time of accelerated change. Despite the discord and reversals taking place around the globe, these are times marching us toward one of the most awesome periods of history that the world has ever seen as God restores his order to his creation. As marketplace leaders, you are agents of change. Because of the nature of your callings, you operate outside the context of the traditional church of our day. The role and thrust of most marketplace initiatives has been progressive to say the least, but there's a new level, another dimension being added to the scene, a dimension I sense will bring much change to even your callings and to the strategic opportunities emerging to build and to serve God's kingdom. That dimension relates to what I describe as the interlinking between secular enterprises with overriding kingdom objectives. But to better understand this interlinking of business in God's kingdom and the emerging Josephs and Daniels, Let's begin with a closer view from God's perspective of the change taking place all about us. Jesus was constantly trying to shake the religious leaders of his day out of the blindness of their perception of things due to their traditional mindsets. Jesus underscored the importance of understanding the times when he said, whenever you see a cloud rising in the West, Immediately you say, a shower is coming, and so it is. 
And when you see the south wind blow, you say, ah, there's going to be hot weather. And there is. You hypocrites. How can you discern the face of the sky and the earth? But how is it that you do not discern the times we live in? And I believe it's really just that simple. If we'll begin stepping out of the ruts of our traditional mindsets and listen, listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in discerning the times. The current turbulence in global affairs shouts that it is no longer business as usual. The prophet Daniel wrote that in the time of the end, many shall be purified and refined, but the wicked will do wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. In extraordinary times, knowing what to do takes something more. We are in the prelude to the power shift of all ages. Two-thirds of the world today has little to no middle class. Two-thirds of the world lives on less than $2 a day and remains under oppression, affliction, and sorrow. In the last decade, Haiti has had 10 times the aid as it has had investment. Nigeria remains one of the most lawless and impoverished nations on the earth, despite being evangelized more than any other African nation. Tensions and the threat of war are imminent in Israel. In discerning the times, these are strong indications that a time of transition has taken place in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm. It is a time of demarcation into a new era. It is a transition from a time of battles and skirmishes into a time of war. The rumblings being heard reflect the tremors caused by what is underway in the realm of the spirit. And it is important that we are seeing the right things in the midst of these tremors. My perception as I spend time in the presence of the Lord is that this is a time marked by the Lord raising his banner. It is a rallying time for the body. It is a time in which the Lord is on the move and taking the initiative. The prophet Isaiah made the admonishment to lift up a standard on the bare hill. Raise your voice to them. Enter the doors of the nobles, for I have commanded my consecrated ones. I have even called my mighty warriors. The Lord is mustering his army for battle. The Lord is mustering his army. And the army of the Lord is about to move out on the offensive. A great mobilization is underway. There will be a much greater need for increased levels of coordination, cooperation, and connectivity within the body as the body is melded into a greater oneness with each other and with its head than ever before. This is a time to press in more closely to the Lord than ever before. It's not a time to be riding the momentum of past successes. It is not a time to assume. It's a time to re-examine our methods. It will be a time of new wineskins. In many ways, it will reflect a time of new beginnings. It's not a time to blithely assume that what has worked in the past is going to work in the future. For those of us in Western cultures, 
we need to guard against our predisposition of more of the same harder. The transition into war carries with it the need for constant communication with our head. As a committed Christian and as committed Christian marketplace leaders, there is a distinct need to understand what the Lord is doing. And we need to understand that the Lord is in control and that in the midst of all of this chaos and change, that he has a plan and a purpose. And with God's plan and purpose will be opportunities, kingdom opportunities, opportunities that will not be obvious to those of the world. Alternative systems and unusual opportunities in the midst of the change. God's people will be those with both practical and spiritual answers. This will be a time in which the impact of the body coming together will be much like the awakening of a sleeping giant. It will be a time in which the Lord anoints gifted believers in a similar fashion to the Daniels and Josephs of old with favor and wisdom to penetrate and operate in the midst of the fabric of societies, business, government, education, the media, to bring about his purposes for his people and the purpose of offering hope to the spiritually lost, starving, and dying of the world. It's going to be a time of unusual strategic alliances between the Lord's chosen and uniquely chosen persons of the world, much like Pharaoh in the time of Joseph, much like King Cyrus, who was responsible for returning the Jewish exiles to Jerusalem, persons in pivotal positions who are inclined toward the Lord, his people, and God's purposes. While the scripture indicates there will be a time when men's heart, hearts fail, that their hearts fail them for fear, this refers to the ranks of those who lack hope, not those called according to his purposes. So as we move into these times of discontinuities and change and opportunities, it is a time to rejoice. The Lord is on the move. And during these unprecedented times, he is going to use his people mightily, just like the Josephs and Daniels of old. The Lord will have his chosen in the direct center of the discontinuities with solutions, with practical solutions that minister to the people of the world in the name of the Lord. It is written, so I will save you and you shall be a blessing. Do not fear, let your hands be strong. These are going to be days in which it will not be an option to embrace the heart of King David. When David said, I am this day weak, though anointed. It will be a time in which our true strength, equipping, and protection lies in living at the door of the truth that it is no longer us but Jesus the Messiah who lives within us. We can expect to be used in greater ways with greater power than we ever before thought possible. It will indeed be the time of the greatest harvest of souls into the kingdom that the world has ever seen. And as marketplace leaders it's a time to embrace a servant's heart and to begin pressing into the Lord with a new fervency. 
looking for his wisdom and strategies, being open to his revelation of new wineskins, giving a fresh focus to the issues that make a difference, with the aim to operate in higher levels of effectiveness than ever before. This is Morris Ruddick, and our next session will be taking a closer look at the Joseph Calling. You're listening to Useful to God. Uh, our guest is Morris Ruddick. Being useful to God is on the home front, through the marketplace, and within community. You know, Morris, I, I'd like to know more in the context of vocations and occupations. How can we begin to mentor those who are pursuing work or career through the end of their calling? How do, how do we help them understand what it means to be useful to God, to live for Christ within the context of their vocation? Within our program, I talk about the gifts. There's everybody has a spiritual gift, but everybody has a natural gift. And if we can identify that natural gift, uh, you can identify uh, uh, something that can be commercialized sufficiently uh, uh, in 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 lands of Asia, in lands of uh, Africa to feed a family. And that's essentially what we do is to help people to identify uh, uh, their gift. Uh, I believe it's in Proverbs 18 that it said a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And there's a number of places uh, uh, across the scripture to where it uh, uh, basically uh, gives illustration uh, to where when we identify that thing naturally, and then combine it with the spiritual gifts uh, that we operate in, uh, we we have a potential of something that is uh, uh, far greater than what we can hope to achieve in the natural. But uh, the short the short version of understanding your natural gift is that uh, uh, for some people, it's a craftsman like Bezalel, uh, you know, who, uh, you know, uh, who Moses, uh, who God spoke to Moses uh, and identified by name as uh, um, you know, building the, the worship centers that they uh, uh, would have, uh, uh, you know, at that time. But each of us have something that we can do, uh, whether it's carpentry, uh, uh, whether it's uh, uh, something in technology, or whether it's uh, 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 a consulting uh, uh, type of endeavor, uh, if we can identify that gift that we can basically yield to God and allow him uh, to develop in us, we have something that's going to take us over the top in terms of uh, uh Having something that uh, uh, can purpose purposefully uh, uh, advance the gospel and feed our family at the same time, Morris. When you uh, you know looking in in the context of uh, the American life uh, and entrepreneurial, the Great Resignation and everything that goes on, um, when you look at the tools of a business plan with its mission, marketing plans competitive analysis, products, and descriptions, how can we help people start up by making the mission a clear fusion between their business plan and their calling? Number one, it's a, it's a matter of the commitment uh, that we have 
to the Lord and that commitment uh, being one to where we have a proactive prayer life. A proactive prayer life is just vital to growth uh, uh, in any way that you look at it as uh, as believers. But uh, uh, but then secondly, uh, spending time in God's word so that uh, uh, we we basically I mean, it's the word of God talks about the renewing. Uh, Paul talks about the renewing of our mind that we might find that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we renew our minds by being exposed uh, to sufficient scripture every day so that we basically we, we become the paragons of the truth that uh, basically that we have come uh, to recognize as as being the truth that has changed our lives and will continue changing our lives. It's sort of amazing. I think that uh, it's all, it always comes down to the basics. You know, it always comes back to some of those basic practices of faith that we so often ignore. Um, so Morris, thanks so much for being on useful to God. We appreciate you being here. How do, how do people get in touch with you? How do you people get in touch with your ministry? We have a website that, uh, 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 that you can find at, uh, www.strategic-initiativesplural.org. That's strategic-initiatives.org. It's Global Initiatives Foundation. Well, we'd love to hear from you, too. Uh, Dr. James Spencer and team have prepared all kinds of great resources that are renewing minds and hearts in a productive and useful way. To get involved in our ministry, reach out at usefultogod.org. There are everyday resources and tools to help you answer your call. I'm Richard Beatty, and for Dr. James Spencer and our guest, Morris Ruddick, have a great week.
Yeah. 